Life Audio. Welcome to the March or Die show today. Very glad to have you joining me. And this is, I'm sure you know, Thanksgiving week. This is the week dedicated to time with family and dedicated, uh, more than that, hopefully, (laughs) to pausing on your life as it is, pausing on the craziness of life around us, and giving thanks. It is so important for us to have a moment during the year where we can push aside everything else that may be going on and reflect on the good things that have happened and continue to happen in our lives. I know as difficult uh, as this year has been, certainly for many, and uh, I think everyone has been touched by what's happening this year, has happened this year. And for many, it's been very, very difficult. It's been a hard year coming off of other hard years. We've come out of the pandemic and we've gotten into this year where there's so much political upheaval and economic upheaval and so many crazy things going on. It is very important for us to stop and give thanks. And I hope that you'll do that this week. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Uh, I would like to uh, talk about Thanksgiving a little bit today, not the holiday, however, (laughs) but the giving of thanks. It is important to have a holiday. It's important because we forget uh, for the same reason that I need to have on the calendar circled my wedding anniversary. (laughs) I know when I was married, I remember that, but it's important to have a day dedicated to reflecting on my marriage and a time where we can celebrate what God has done in our lives as a married couple and as a family. It's important to have a moment designated to stop what you're doing and remember to celebrate. We have other holidays we do this with. We've recently talked about Veterans Day and so many other holidays over the course of the year. Why? So that we can stop and remember. We can reflect. Thanksgiving is one of those as well. If we're not careful, however, I'm afraid that Thanksgiving can become a day where that's all we do. We have a big meal. We get the family together. We have our traditions, whatever our traditions may be. And then, maybe... 
before a prayer or after a prayer around the table or uh, perhaps as we're getting ready for dessert, we stop and say something like, let's go around the room and all talk about what we're thankful for. And then everyone, hoping they won't be the first one, uh, hurriedly comes up with something that they can be thankful for. It's a good exercise, but it's not always the deepest of appreciation. And since it only happens once a year, it's easy to move past. In fact, here in the United States, we ironically have a day of giving thanks, followed by what we call Black Friday, (laughs) the day where after we've given thanks for what God has blessed us with, we go and fight with complete strangers to get good deals in department stores as we then turn our attention very, very quickly to Christmas. Thanksgiving is something that should not simply be a holiday, a moment in time once a year. We need to learn how to live lives of thanksgiving. Lives that pause regularly, even daily, to ask the question, what is it that we're thankful for? We need to have times where we can reflect on how good God has been in spite of what we may feel or see around us. We need to live lives of thanksgiving. In fact, we're going to look at a verse here in just a second. I'm going to share a verse with you that would indicate to us that God has commanded us to be thankful. Before we get to the verse, though, I want to tell a story. Most of my stories, again, if you've listened to this show long enough, you know this is true. Most of my stories are Marine Corps stories. I have done other things in my life. In fact, the Marine Corps was a relatively short period of time in my life. But, uh, man, it's, it's, it's amazing how something like that can impact so much of your life. And it certainly has for me. I've told the story before about how I began pointing my life toward the military and particularly the Marine Corps when I was was very young. I read a book, a book that told stories of war heroes during World War II. That then lighted a fire inside of me that made me want to maybe not be a hero, but to serve in a heroic way, to serve others, to stand up and do something important. I started to point my life toward military service, uh, really in a significant way when I was about 14 years old. I remember having a conversation with my dad, telling him that's what I believed God wanted me to do, and we began to put the pieces in place to help me get there. I was 14 when I first had that conversation, when I said, I want to go in the Marine Corps. Uh, For the next few years, I did what anyone else would do at 14, 15, 16, 17, and into 18. Uh, I went to school, and I had friends, and I did things. (laughs) But always in the back of my mind, I was pointed toward military service. And in particular, not just military service, but service in the Marine Corps, and not just in the Marine Corps, but in the infantry of the Marine Corps. I wanted to serve in the infantry. I wanted to serve, if possible, leading Marines in combat. That was the whole trajectory of my life. So I went through my teenage years and I got into college. When I was in college, uh, again, I picked a major, something that I didn't think I would mind studying. (laughs) It wasn't about learning a lot or understanding a lot. It was about, I need a major and I need to get through this. What would I not mind studying? I picked something that I thought I could get through because my goal (laughs) was to be a commissioned officer in the United States Marine Corps. That was the goal. Along the way, I went to the very first Marine Corps school that I attended, Marine Officer Candidate School, OCS. (laughs) 
some of you listening perhaps have been through this process, but <clears throat> something that I had thought about and in a weird way even dreamed about for a long time, going to Quantico, Virginia, going to officer candidate school and finally being commissioned uh, an officer in the, in the Marine Corps and uh, got to officer candidate school. What a wake up call that was. <laughs> It's funny in life how you can get exactly what you had hoped you were going to get, but when it feels different, when it seems different, you become, even though you have exactly what you've always wanted, you become anything but thankful, anything but grateful. Officer Candidate School, for those that are not familiar, is similar to boot camp, but for those aspiring to be commissioned officers, what are called candidates. Now, it's not exactly like boot camp. There are differences, but structurally, it's very, very similar. Um, <laughs> so many things happen that are so outside of the norm of your life. And particularly for me, I didn't come from a military family, didn't have a particular military background. I knew very little of the Marine Corps except what I had read or seen on TV. So everything was brand new to me. It's an intense environment over 10 weeks where you're learning new things and being pushed as hard as you've ever been pushed in your life. And the primary instructors, what we call sergeant instructors at officer candidate school, drill instructors at basic training or boot camp, uh, they spend their lives communicating as passionately as they can how worthless you are. New information, new environment, everything's new, pushed to your physical, mental, and emotional limits while having someone constantly remind you that you are worthless and will probably fail. <laughs> it is quite an environment. This was officer candidate school. Again, this was the thing I had always hoped I would get to. It's the beginning of the journey that I wanted to be on. I had pointed my life toward that. But I was so overwhelmed, at one point discouraged, that thoughts of saying, maybe I made a mistake. I believe this is what God wanted me to do, but perhaps I was wrong. These thoughts began to take place in my brain. They got a hold. And I was, again, much less than thankful. I remember one night, it was late at night, while at officer candidate school during the night, people sleep, of course, the candidates are sleeping, but someone is always awake. Um, if you've been in the military, you've heard the term fire watch. There's someone up walking around, just making sure while everyone else is sleeping that everything's okay. And you rotate through that. You take shifts, you take turns uh, doing the fire watch. But in addition to fire watch at OCS, there's also phone watch. <laughs> now, this is a foreign concept to many, I'm sure, uh, but just as the name would imply, it is literally having someone stationed by the phone 24 hours a day on phone watch, sitting at a desk, watching the phone, waiting for it to ring so that if it did ring, someone was there to pick it up. Whatever needed to be communicated could be communicated. And this particular night, I was on phone watch. It was the middle of the night. Uh, the barracks where we were were dark except for the area where I was uh, a light over the desk and there I sat alone <laughs> overwhelmed discouraged and questioning my life choices now as an aside I, I think anytime we go through something difficult even if it's what we know we want to do or should do there will be moments of doubt and discouragement it's important to learn early on in your life if you can 
maybe some of you have learned this lesson later, but if you can learn this early in your life, uh, it's important to learn the lesson that getting into hard things and difficult things and having those feelings and even thoughts of discouragement or I want to quit, that's not bad. It's just part of the process. In fact, if you're doing anything significant, you probably will have those emotions uh, and those thoughts. That's okay. Learn to live with that. <laughs> Learn to accept that as part of the process and then continue on. We talk about March when it would be easier to die. Uh, March, even when you feel like you want to quit, keep moving forward. I was young. I hadn't learned that lesson. I was having these thoughts and as I sat there on phone watch, and by the way, rarely did anyone ever call the phone, there was one piece of literature there. So I'm by myself. It's dark. I feel terrible about my life and what's happening. The only piece of literature there, the only diversion, if you will, was a very small uh, New Testament. Uh, Gideon New Testament, if you're familiar with that, there's an organization called the Gideons. They hand out thousands and thousands of these little New Testaments, these little Bibles. This one was for the military, so it had a camouflage cover on it. It was sitting on that desk where I was sitting. And uh, I was a Christian at the time. I was raised in a Christian home, raised around church. In fact, at the time, I was going to a Christian college. Um, I was a Christian, uh, but I did not pick up that Bible because I was a Christian or for any other particularly spiritual reason. I picked up that Bible because I was tired and I was pretty discouraged, and I thought that maybe reading something would keep me awake and keep me focused and help me get through my shift of phone watch. So I picked up that Bible, and uh, again, nothing particularly spiritual, which means I didn't care where I read. I just needed to read something. I just opened it up, and I opened it up to a verse in the book of First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians is written by uh, the Apostle Paul. He wrote a lot of the New Testament. The Apostle Paul, an incredible character. Uh, I would imagine he would be someone that... Knowing what we know about him, we'd love to meet him, but when we met him, he would probably be a little intimidating, I would imagine. In fact, before he came into a relationship with Christ, he was uh, well known <laughs> for persecuting Christians. He traveled the world at the time persecuting Christians. In fact, we're told that he had letters from the religious elite, the Jewish religious leaders who gave, that gave him permission, these letters did, to go and find Christians and drag them off to jail, to separate them from their families, to put them in a position where they would endure persecution. We're told that the Apostle Paul, at that time in his life, was responsible for the deaths of many, many Christians. We know of one in particular, Stephen, the first Christian martyr. Acts chapter 7 talks about him being stoned to death. And that when he was stoned to death, there was someone there instigating by the name of Saul. Saul was that man that became Paul the Apostle. This was his life before Christ. Passionate about what he did. Willing to do whatever needed to be done to end this movement of Christianity. And then something crazy happened. He became one. He became a Christian. The story is amazing. It unfolds in Acts chapter 9 of him coming into contact with Jesus Christ, Jesus speaking to him. Uh, Paul uh, going through a process of repentance and accepting the gift of salvation, becoming really the first modern, if you will, 2,000 years ago missionary. 
a man who traveled the known world. He preached, he taught, he established churches. He worked with people in local communities to disciple them and train them so that they could lead churches. He would then move on to somewhere else. He wrote much of the New Testament. What we understand about Christianity largely comes from the writings of the Apostle Paul. And he wrote these letters. They're called epistles. They're letters to local churches. These letters would have been read aloud at the church, but then would have been shared with other churches. The internet and that type of communication not being available, the letters themselves physically would have been distributed to the other churches. Paul suffered greatly. He suffered persecution from people who knew him before Christ. He suffered persecution by uh, those in the Roman Empire who did not like Christianity being spread as it was. Eventually, he would be imprisoned a couple of times and then lose his life as a testimony for Jesus Christ. He would be martyred. He wrote a letter to the church at Thessalonica. We call this the letter to the Thessalonians. Two different letters, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, written by Paul. Someone who had persecuted Christians, become a Christian, who had traveled and experienced persecution himself, who knew that eventually his life would be lost for the cause of Christ. He wrote these words in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, Paul had a specific audience in mind. He was writing to church people. Uh, Persecution of Christians was just really beginning as Paul was writing. It would become uh, terrible. It would become something that is historically significant that we know about today. But it was just beginning. Christians being persecuted. And Paul is writing to a church. And he makes the statement that they should be thankful in everything. Because that was God's will. He was saying, look, church, church people, Christians, whatever you're going through in your life, your focus needs to be on doing what God wants you to do, following Him. And because He's God and you're not, if you're following Him, you're lying to Him, you should live lives of thanksgiving. Thankful that He's God. Thankful that He's bigger than whatever circumstance you're dealing with. Thankful for His many blessings. Thankful in everything. As I sat there that night feeling sorry for myself, again, I realize the irony of, in that, uh, feeling sorry for myself because I was doing exactly what I had always wanted to do. <laughs> I was feeling sorry for myself, having second thoughts, questioning whether or not this is what God really wanted for me. I opened a Bible at random, and the first words I read were these, In everything give thanks. I didn't feel very thankful at that moment. But there is very little ambiguity in that passage. Give thanks. Okay, well, when should I give thanks? Once a year or occasionally or when I'm feeling particularly blessed? No, Paul would say, in everything. Wherever you are, whatever your circumstance may be, whatever you're going through, blessed or not so blessed, uh, sufficiently having your needs met or uh, lacking in some area, regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance, you should be a person of thanks. But why, I would ask, and I did as I sat there and read those words. The verse goes on. 
For this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. It's God's will in Christ Jesus. Paul was the one who said he was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. He, he was expressing my, my role, my job, my purpose, my goal, my focus is to live for Christ. He said, it's God's will in Christ as you pursue Christ. Concerning who? You. You. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. It's amazing how perspective shifts everything. And as I sat at that table, again, questioning so many things and feeling sorry for myself, I read those words and realized I had much to be thankful for. And I was right where God wanted me to be. Now, we can get off track. We can know God wants us to do something and go a different direction. But when we're sincerely pursuing God, sincerely... um, to the best of our ability, doing what God wants us to do, then we can rejoice because we're right where He wants us to be. You see, the goal isn't getting more or doing this or doing that. It's being where God wants you to be. It's doing what God wants you to do. It's being in Christ Jesus, finding our identity there, finding our purpose there, finding our our, our hope there. It's finding everything about us there in Christ Jesus. Because when we do that, we can know that the rest is up to God and we can live lives of thanksgiving. I had much to be thankful for. I could be thankful for the fact that I had a family that supported what I believe God wanted me to do. I could be thankful for the fact that God gave me clear direction up to that point about where he wanted me to be. I could be thankful for the many, many steps that I had to take, the hurdles I had to get through to get to that point, to go to that school, to begin that journey that God had paved the way, the opportunity that I had been given. I could be thankful for the strength that I needed to get through that, for the mental ability to deal with the new knowledge that I was receiving. Thankful for all that I had been given and all that I was experiencing. Thankful. Knowing fully and confidently 
the truth that gives peace, that it's God's will for me. I was right where God wanted me to be. The Apostle Paul, he wrote so much. He, he said in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, these are well-known verses. I think they speak to this. He said this, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. That's verse 11 of Philippians 4. He says, look, I'm not talking about wanting things. He wrote a lot. This is coming to the end of this letter in Philippians. I'm not saying I want stuff. I've learned to be content. Verse 12, I know how to be abased. That's to not have anything. And I know how to abound. That's to have everything. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. See what Paul's saying here? <laughs> to me, success, failure, peace, or the lack thereof, these are not tied to how much I have, or how well I'm recognized, or some arbitrary measure of success. Rather, they are tied to the reality that if I'm in Christ, I can do whatever is before me. In everything, I can give thanks. I want to encourage you this Thanksgiving. It's wonderful to have a day, and I'm, I'm grateful that we do have a day. It's, it's very important. It is important. I think it's crazy that we have that day, and then a few hours later, we focus on <laughs> getting as much as we can and fighting others to get it. Uh, I think that's ironic. However, it's important that we have a day to be thankful. It's wonderful that we can do this with friends and family. We can get together and we can express our thanks in their presence. I'm always grateful for the opportunity to do that. It can be awkward, but it's important. It's great that we can have church services and other events leading up to Thanksgiving, the holiday, where, again, we pause and remember, we praise the Lord. We have a worship service, perhaps, to sing praise to God for what He's done, what He's given, how He's blessed. But I want to encourage you this year to not view the giving of thanks as a one-time-a-year event or even as an event where we have to figure out what we have to be thankful for. The reality is, in the life of a believer, the life of a Christian, one who pursues God and follows God and isn't perfect and falls down and messes up, but gets back up and continues to pursue God, the life of that person should be one of giving thanks regardless. Count your blessings for sure, and you should. Uh, express to God how when we've been blessed, He is the one who has blessed us. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father above, the Bible tells us in the book of James. Uh, elsewhere throughout Scripture, particularly in the Psalms, we're told to be grateful and to be thankful, and we should. But our thankfulness, our heart of thanksgiving, our giving of thanks, our life of thanks should be in the fact that we are where God wants us to be, doing what God wants us to do, and the fact that He is God 
and he has our best interest in mind, but that it's about him and his purposes and his will and his direction. Why is it that so many who have suffered so greatly can experience the peace that passes understanding that the Bible talks about? Those who have gone before us and suffered greatly for the cause of Christ, yet with peace and thanksgiving. How is that done? It happens when a person realizes that they're not thankful because of what they have. They're thankful, please get this, because of whose they are. Are you in Christ Jesus? You've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior You've had your sins forgiven. You have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You're his child. What happens on this earth is so temporary. But when you become a child of God, that is an eternal relationship with the creator of the universe. And if you have that, you are blessed indeed. In everything, Paul said, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I'd like to say that when I read those words that night, that it made everything better. What's funny is it it didn't take away the difficulty or you know the trial the hardship the uncertainty it didn't take those things away but it gave me the right perspective the perspective that those things were all a part of God's plan at that moment in my life and understanding the in everything give thanks principle taught in this verse should do that for all of us in every area of life your job is to be where God wants you to be to pursue Him, and to give thanks. His job is the rest. And with that understanding comes incredible peace. I hope that's helped to you. Again, it's funny how something that happened so long ago can have such an impact on our lives. That event happened in my life about 27 years ago, something like that. That's a long time. That's a long time. But I still reflect on that moment often because I learned in that moment (laughs) that God is God and I'm not, that he has a plan and my job is just to be right in the middle of it. And that's really helped me. And uh, again, I'd like to say I got it all right. I've gotten it all right since then. I haven't, but I'm thankful for, uh, for the lesson that was learned on that night. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and sincerely, it is great to be able to spend time with family, to be thankful. Uh, Don't let the time pass with all the activities and everything else that's going on without expressing thanks. Take the time to do that. But then decide to be a thankful person. What a blessing it is. What a privilege, an incredible honor it is to serve for and live for and be loved by a holy God. I will remind you today as well, as I always do, life gets out of control The bullets come your direction. We can't always control the circumstance of life. 
And yet sometimes the world seems like it's blowing up around us. And when that happens, we have to make a decision. We can stay where we are and die. We can decide that we're not going to move forward in any significant way. Or we can march, I would say, with thanksgiving, trusting God that he's in control and trusting God that he'll guide us as we move forward. But taking the next step, making sure we're right where he wants us to be, in his will, (laughs) allowing him to take us. Will you march or will you die? Remember, the choice is always yours. Thank you. I'll talk to you next time. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.